CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Come experience what the Constitution means to me at Paramount's Copley Theater in downtown Aurora from October 4th to November 12th. Tickets are available starting at $40 online right now at ParamountAurora.com. What the Constitution means to me is hilarious, heartbreaking, and insightful. This Pulitzer Prize-nominated play shows the fight for freedom and equality is never done, but passed on from one generation to the next. Be bold with us for What the Constitution Means to Me, October 4th through November 12th. Tickets starting at $40 on sale now at ParamountAurora.com. That's ParamountAurora.com. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, October 4th starts now. On today's show, Ben welcomes back longtime Chicago journalist and the pride and joy of Gary, Indiana, Monroe Anderson. The Ben Jarofsky Show is a presentation of the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. You want to know where to go, what to do, the best places to eat, the best drinks when you go out. All you have to do, head to ChicagoReader.com. There's all that and much more. And if you want more Ben Jarofsky, just head to ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. I'll spell that for you. J-O-R-A-B is in victory. S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Lefty Army Wednesday, and here's why. There's so much to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of it having nothing to do with lefties and armies, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, Monroe Anderson is standing by. We have so much to talk about. Kevin McCarthy, Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump, the gag order, lots of stuff in the news. Definitely got to talk, talk, talk about what went down yesterday with Kevin McCarthy and ousted. But before I do that, I just got a big smile on my face. Uh, one of my favorite aldermen, Ray Lowe, has announced that he's running against a, a uh, Chewy Garcia in the Democratic primary for Congress in the 4th Congressional District. The election's in March. Uh, Raymond Lopez is, uh, as every listener to this show knows, uh, because you guys understand, this is the one little island in Chicago that really knows Chicago politics. God bless you listeners. Uh, everybody knows Ray Lowe was the most conservative Democrat in the Chicago City Council. Maybe tied, I don't know, is Nick Spazzato still a Democrat? I can't recall, but he's one of the most conservative members of the uh, <laughs> uh, in the Chicago City Council. And as such, uh, he is running, he says, in a Democratic Party because Jesus Chewy Garcia uh, has gone too far to the left. Uh, and so he feels that that district is far more conservative than Jesus Chewy Garcia. I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, Raylo, come on. This is ridiculous. Do you realize I just did some uh, number crunching that the fourth congressional district, which is on the southwest side of the city, uh, largely uh, went 72.3 percent for Joe Biden in 2020 against Donald Trump. Donnie Trump got 26% of the vote. I'm rounding up for you, Donnie. 72.3%. And you think there's room that's in that district to win by running from the right? That district 
back. And now I know the boundaries change, Raylo. I understand. But basically, most of the same territory in that district in 2016 went for Bernie Sanders. That's a Democratic primary. These are the voters you're going to be running. You think you could beat him by running to the right? I'm like, just it's at a small level. It's an indication how everybody in Chicago has completely lost their minds, which is essentially my position about where we are as a city and a civilization right now. We've all lost our minds. Uh, so he's running at him from the right. And it's uh, it's really funny to read the analysis of it. Because the analysis of it by all the mainstream reporters is, well, Chewy has going for him. This is army. <laughs> this is so funny of lefties who will be dispatched to the field to knock on doors. You know, that is their takeaway from the last election. There's an army. And Brandon Johnson just has to snap his fingers and an army will be dispatched. Like it's the old Richard J. Daly machine. And thousands and thousands of patronage workers. Monroe Anderson knows this. This is the world that existed when he moved to Chicago. From Gary, Indiana, back in the 60s. This was the world that existed in the city of Chicago. People had to go door to door. That was what the machine was. You had to go door to door if you were a patronage worker because your job depended on it. Years and years of anti-patronage rulings by federal judges in various lawsuits have cut that off at the knees. There is no machine in Chicago. And yet, the analysis, I'm sorry, we're going to stick to our 1960s analysis. There's a machine. Brandon Johnson just snaps his fingers, thousands dispatched like robots. <laughs> you got to laugh. Mainstream Chicago, update the story a little bit, okay? He doesn't have a lefty army that he can say. Half the left right now is mad at Brandon Johnson. They don't say it. They're like, Ben, you say it. Okay, Ben. Make sure you criticize them about 10 City. I can't because I'm in a very sensitive position, but you can because, you know, I don't, you're never, you're never going anywhere, Ben. You're just stuck in that attic. Monroe's smiling. He knows it's true. Everybody else is parsing their words very carefully. So there is no lefty machine. Stop pretending there is. God. Uh, by the way, here's a suggestion, Raylo. Uh, I'm not even sure you're going to run. Mike Quigley threw this one out, this theory that uh, Mike, Mike Quigley, Congressman, 5th Congressional District, uh, said that in his opinion, Raylo probably got bad intel and heard through the grapevine, I heard it through the grapevine, one of the greatest songs of the 60s, uh, that uh, Chewy was not going to run. So just in case, he positions himself to run. Okay, that's an old story in Chicago politics. You hear that these all-powerful <laughs> Democratic congressmen aren't going to run. So you, you quick position yourself to run just in case. That's a possibility. But here, Raymond Lopez, if you're listening, here's my advice to you. You are MAGA's favorite Democrat in the city of Chicago. You go on Fox all the time. You shake your head in dismay. And what a terrible job, in your humble opinion, that um, the city of Chicago, the Democratic mayors are doing. Uh, I forget the name. I can't believe I blanked on the guy's name. I could see his face. Uh, I, put it, I put his name out of my mind. He got fired from Fox. And just, <laughs> after he, he, he went too far for Fox. Anyway, you went on that all those shows, Sean Hannity, et cetera, and so forth. And uh, they love you. They love listening to you. So here's what you do. You run as the MAGA whisperer. This is what you do. You, this should, should win. You can say, if you elect me as congressman from the 4th Congressional District, I will use my influence with MAGA to get Governor Abbott to stop sending buses to Chicago. 
Apparently, I'm the only one who welcomes the busloads of immigrants coming to Chicago. I am literally the only person in the city of Chicago. So everybody else will be thrilled that the busloads will end. I think it's kind of like what Arnie Duncan said. Arnie Duncan, if you recall, a lifelong uh, member of like the centrist wing of the Democratic Party, you know, uh, Obama's top uh, education secretary of education, said he was going to vote for Paul Vallis because he felt Paul Vallis had the ability to sort of contain the more radical elements of the uh, fraternal order police. That was his reasoning for it. Interesting reasoning. So just apply that, uh, Raylo, to MAGA. Just go. I am going to use my seat as congressman from the 4th Congressional District, my influence with MAGA, to get Gregory Abbott to stop sending busloads to uh, Chicago. Instead, they'll send him to Milwaukee. (laughs) And then we can pretend like the situation doesn't even exist. Anyway, that's my thoughts. That's my advice. Monroe Anderson, very patiently uh, sitting back. Monroe, welcome back. So Monroe Anderson, uh, very patient, waiting uh, for me, and uh, welcome back. We have a lot to discuss. Okay, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. How could I for not forget? Remember that name, yeah, no, right? Uh, or as uh, Joy Reid calls him, Tuckums. <laughs> but and one 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 correction. I, I moved here to Chicago from Washington D.C. in 1972 to work for Ebony Magazine. Okay, oh, fair seven, enough. I, I sit corrected, but you are, I will now say this. Okay, so you not literally move from Gary, Indiana to Chicago, but you will always be the bride and joy of Gary, Indiana. It's arguably it's, the greatest writer exactly. from Gary, Indiana. Remember that argument we used to have with Milo? Like, who was yeah, the greatest? Right. Right. Gary, Indiana's greatest writer. Great Gary Indiana's greatest writer. Uh, you and Milo uh, would be battling right. that one. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, he's wised up since then. I'm sure. Yeah, no, yeah, he's on. He just acknowledges that you were the greatest writer. Uh, the he's the pride and joy of Horace Mann, and you're the pride and joy of Roosevelt High School. How about that? I, re- I remember high schools. All right, Monroe. I just I called you yesterday. Um, I've been obsessed with. <laughs> You know, I, I'm I'm compelled. I'm not complaining, but I'm compelled to talk about Chicago issues so much. I love talking Chicago issues, but sometimes it happens outside of Chicago is just so riveting, uh, and I'm just so thirsty and hungry and eager for conversation about it. Uh, and yesterday was one of those days. What a strange situation, ladies and gentlemen. It was historic. Uh, yesterday was a, a double historic day. First of how, all, yeah. uh, Trump was the first ex-president to get a gag from a judge. And more importantly, the Republicans had the first speaker fired in the history, the whole history of the United States. He's the first speaker of the House who actually was fired by his own people. So that's history twice. And I found so many things about it fascinating. So follow me in this, ladies and gentlemen. He was fired by virtue of eight Republican congressional votes and over 200 Democratic votes. Every single Democratic congressperson voted to oust him. Eight, only eight out of 212 or whatever it is, 216 Republicans voted to oust him. So 
the fact that uh, he was um, in a position facing that uh, that vote was because Republicans, that eight, the wackiest of the wacky of the MAGAs, who are so nihilistic, they've just completely lost their minds. And also in safe districts. Yes. Oh. Gerrymandered safe districts. Yeah, safe districts. They could do absolutely anything. They could run around naked if they wanted. I'm not suggesting you do that, Matt Gates, but I'm just because they might do it. (laughs) Be careful. Yeah, they might do it. Uh, And... um, Actually, one of them is not. Laura Boebert is not in a safe. She was a lot. Her margin of uh, victory in 2022 was was relatively close. Yeah, but, and the same. yeah but she didn't vote. She didn't vote to. to um, she was not one of the eight. No, she was not one of the eight. She said for now. Yeah, for now. She, you're right. Yeah, right. You're right. You're right. So uh, she's trying to be a typical Republican trying to have it both ways. Yes. Which, Typical Republican. So the Democrats had a decision. And during the debate, which you I know you watched it. Uh, I was doing a lot of recording, so I missed uh, the debate. Uh, but during the debate, one Republican after another got up to either uh, defend Kevin McCarthy or rage against him. And the Democrats, Monroe, just sat there. And just biding their time, smoking doobies, whatever they were doing, not participating in the debate. They were making plans for governmental to save the U.S. and the government. They were coming up with programs. <laughs> they were doing their jobs. <laughs> as opposed to engaging this. And then when it came time to vote as a block, they voted against McCarthy, thus putting us in this situation where at the moment right now there are two candidates, Republicans, uh, congr- uh, Congress people, I just saw this before we went on, uh, Jim Jordan, Monroe's favorite congressman from Ohio, and Steve Scalise from Louisiana, two right-wingers. Jordan um, is a MAGA guy to the core. So Scalise, but Jordan, like, yeah. leads MAGA. All right. Scalise was the, the congressman who was shot while he was he playing was. softball, and he still is not anti-gun. Yeah. He doesn't want any gun legislation after being a victim himself. I showed yeah. you how off the charts he is. All right. So let's say you're a, a Democratic congressman, Congressman Monroe Anderson from the north side of Chicago. Would you have voted to keep Kevin McCarthy or would you have voted to oust Kevin McCarthy? Well, it's, of course I would have voted to get rid of McCarthy, but he brought it upon himself. He could have cut a deal with the Democrats if he were a smarter politician with anything hinting at um, having principles. He could have cut a deal with the Democrats where, okay, why don't we form a coalition? You you save me and I'll take care. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. But no, after after he uh, courageously, and I'm not being facetious about this, courageously voted to extend the U.S. government for 45 days. Then he went on all the Sunday morning talk shows and blamed the Democrats for the problems with it and and said they were trying to close down the government. And so at that point, the Democrats had a, a caucus, a meeting, to figure out what they were going to do about him. 
and they played these various uh, videos of him blaming the Democrats for what McCarthy and the Republicans had done all by themselves. And so then the, the Democrats all flew to Berg and um, said, okay, he's got to go. Yeah. And he's going to let, 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 let the Republicans work it out. Yeah. Well, uh, so let's pause for a moment and think about this. I may have said this yesterday, uh, but I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, so much uh, of in politics are people who either f- out and out lie, uh, duck and dodge, uh, avoid answering a question, uh, deflect the question that's asked. And so there's so much, just in the most general sense of things, dishonesty in politics today. And yet the Democrats believe that there is a distinction between somebody who plays the general game uh, of avoiding same, uh, speaking truth and somebody uh, who openly lies and breaks their word. And I find this a delightful distinction that they've made. I can't think of one politician in uh, the city of Chicago right now uh, who will absolutely tell you what he or she thinks, for instance, about the busloads of uh, immigrants coming to the city and Brandon Johnson's response, the administration's responsible. I can't find one of those. They're going to dissemble on either one of those points. But there is a a standard apparently there is a threshold you cannot exceed where then you become a liar and your word is no good. And that is what Democrats have accused McCarthy of Monroe. Now you've been politics for a while. You've been watching this. Do you think that there's a distinction in your mind between garden variety, avoiding telling the truth and breaking your word and lying and being unreliable? The problem with McCarthy is that he can't be trusted. He lied to the Republicans. He lied to the Democrats. He lied to everybody. In fact, just for a refresher, McCarthy went on on the floor in the House and denounced Trump right after uh, January 6th. And then um, two weeks later, he was at Mar-a-Lago kissing the ring with Trump. And since then, he's been kissing Trump's ass every chance he got, trying to, to ingratiate himself with the Don. And um, hasn't been quite successful. The MAGA, the MAGA folks still haven't forgiven. I mean, the other problem is McCarthy is just a dumb MF in general. Uh, he is the one, the reason he, he's been wanting to be Speaker of the House. Yeah. He almost had it uh, several years ago, except he went on the air and talked about how they had used Benghazi, bragged about how they had used Benghazi to drive Hillary's numbers down. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't a crime, it wasn't an issue at all, but they used it as successfully drove her numbers down so that we got trumped. All right. So allow me to play a devil's advocate here and attempt to to, uh, stitch together a defense of Kevin McCarthy. 
Uh, and, Good luck with that. Okay. <laughs> I'm all ears. Okay. Let me really, uh, okay, fortify myself for this. So essentially, uh, the Republican constituency, uh, which is MAGA, has lost its freaking mind. Uh, they are complete and totally dedicated uh, to Donald Trump, uh, a, a total corrupt human being every step of the way, uh, a vile human being who his entire existence is a contradiction of so many of the principles that supposedly the Republicans believe in, and yet they remain uh, loyal to him. Uh, and so anybody who dares to defy Donald Trump loses. Liz Cheney loses, Adam Kinzinger loses, the list goes on and on. Uh, and um, so if you dare to deviate too much from Donald John Trump uh, and you enrage Donald John Trump, he'll primary you. He'll run a MAGA uh, robot against you in the primary and you will lose. And so Kevin McCarthy is uh, bending to reality. If he wants to keep his caucus and himself in office, he has to uh, pay, pay allegiance to Donald Trump. And he cannot go too far uh, in working with uh, Democrats, uh, even though it just makes the most sense in the world. And so that is the uh, game plan that he was following, working only with Democrats just enough to pass, what, a debt extension? as he did earlier this year, and a 45-day uh, refunding of the government so the government doesn't stop. Just enough, but no further, because that would enrage MAGA. Do you buy that in any way? I already told you that uh, he has no principles and no brains. So, no, I don't buy it. First of all, there is one Republican for sure, that defied Trump, and it worked for him, Youngkin, in Virginia. The governor? Yes, the governor. He became governor. He he just ignored Trump. Trump. Trump was not in his corner. He just ignored Trump, and he got elected. And a lot of pundits use him as an example of how a republic could, can, could actually defy Trump and win. But you have to have some finesse with it. You have to have some some smarts with it. I, I would push back and say he didn't defy Trump. He just sort of pretended Trump did not exist. Exactly. They're two different things. Yeah, well, this is so, true. Uh, and, yeah. and so he has it easier than McCarthy because, for instance, Donald Trump advocated, advocated for Republicans to vote against the uh, financing of government the deal that McCarthy worked out with Biden and uh, the Democrats on the grounds that that would shut off funding for the prosecution of Donald Trump. Right. He was open about that, Monroe. He wanted right. to bring the government to a shutdown, including airports, parks, congressional offices, etc., because he wanted to protect himself. Well, he <laughs> I, is a, a a psychotic narcissist. Yeah. So of course he wanted to do this. Okay, but the difference is that McCarthy has to deal with that on a, a very real way, like whereas Youngkin doesn't. It's six, it's six crazies that McCarthy cut his deal with to become the Speaker of the House. Yeah. And 
he stuck with him. He made a bad deal. That's right. He he's in a no-win situation. And and um what's really interesting is is Lindsey Graham has been approached about pursuing the job, seeking the job of speaker of the house. Because you don't have to be in the Congress to be the speaker. Go ahead, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, because they're also exploded Trump's night. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> he he could be the speaker of the house. Oh my god! But anyway, Lindsey was approached. Oh, Lindsey says, "You have to be insane to want that job," and he's not that insane. Yeah, and that's because it. This is this is. I, I mean, just this is the the nuance. Everybody's favorite word. That like slight inch, millimeter of an inch of difference between Republicans in the Senate and Republicans in the House. Republicans in the Senate, let's face it, uh, they run statewide. So right. unless it's a completely MAGA state like Alabama or South Carolina, they have to have some appeal to non-MAGA voters. They can't be uh, extremists. They can't be insane, right? Exactly. Right. Although I would say even now those guys are are extremists. Oh, um, uh, 10, 15 years ago they would have been that way, but now they're normal. Yeah, they're normal. I know. Wow. Times have changed. Damn, that's so deep too. Yeah. Uh, so, like for instance, I believe that every Republican voted in the House in the Senate for the agreement, uh, the the bipartisan agreement that Kevin McCarthy worked out to keep funding the government. I think I think every Republican in the Senate, I know listener Frank will correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and um, whereas in the House, it was a ton of uh, no votes on that. So there's a level of insanity uh, and loyalty and nihil- loyalty to Trump and nihilism in the House that does not exist in the Senate. It's almost like Yunkin. It's almost like a Republican governor, Brian Kemp of Georgia, who can kind of pretend. I think Brian Kemp, by the way, more than Youngkin has defied Trump. So I will make that point. I'll give him a concession. Brian Kemp in Georgia uh, has defied Trump. But uh, in a way that Youngkin hasn't had to even try. But do you see my point, Monroe? So Lindsey Graham is like, you think I want to have my career stitched tied to Donald Trump? Yeah, I want to be able to pretend that I'm a real legislator. You know? Right. right. Um, so, all right, let's talk about the Democrats. Your thoughts about uh, Akeem Jeffries, the congressman from New York yeah. City, who is the uh, leader of the House Democrats yeah. uh, and would be speaker if the Democrats uh, control well, the House. Your why, thoughts? Don't we say, why don't we say when the Democrats control the House Sorry, starting next year? I know about only a little bit, but it, this is, is, is this is a, a low limb, a low branch, and uh, it doesn't extend that far. That's it's the, the Democrats are going to win the House. That's something outside, some factor outside of the actual House itself kicks in. I mean that this is how screwed up you have um, the New York congressman and the uh, Republican congressman and the. Uh, California Republican congressmen mm-hmm. who are um, on an iffy in an iffy situation anyway. So this will do them in, and, that, and that's another reason. I just thought about it. Why the um, 
the Democrats did not support McCarthy because he pushed this impeach Biden. Yes. He went to that impeach Biden move uh, where there's no evidence, there's no nothing, except, again, they're trying to pull what they they did, a Benghazi on Biden with this um, Hunter Biden thing. Yeah. yeah you know, to push his numbers down and help them win. Yeah. Um, so, again, just so you know, uh, the Jim Jordan that I, we mentioned earlier, who uh, uh, is running now, he announced he's going to be running for to be the speaker, is one of the leaders of the uh, impeach Joe Biden movement uh, in the House and was the leader of the Benghazi investigation uh, and has uh, freely uh, volunteered, uh, happily, you know, uh, gleefully volunteered uh, to be the front man. Uh, on all these uh, cooked up investigations that are intended to embarrass Democrats uh, and sort of make it seem as like the Democrats are doing the same thing as Trump is doing uh, in the hopes that they'll convince a few swing voters uh, in suburban Wisconsin or Maryland or whatever, the, the, uh, uh, the, the classic swing voter that exists in David Axelrod's mind li- actually lives. And so that they, they're all the same, so I'm just going to vote Republican. Uh, and so just think about that, Monroe. If he is a candidate, like if he is the Speaker of the House, I think it would be worse than Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, he's not going to be a Speaker. He's not going to win. Why do you say that? Yeah, because what we have to consider is that there are six to eight crazies. I mean, crazy, crazy, crazies. Like, um, it's just out of their mind, crazy. Jim George, Jim. Joiner being one of them, uh, who are all for the impeachment, who are all for um, getting rid of McCarthy. Everybody else voted on the Republicans to keep them, except for those those folks. Yeah, the eight. But, yep. Yeah, but the the at right now the Republican since uh, House can only afford to lose four votes. They only have a four four seat advantage, and so it's um, it's it's tight, and you can't be crazy. So what you're saying is you don't believe you think that uh, Jordan Jim Jordan from uh, Ohio, who is again uh, one of the leaders yeah. of the impeach Biden movement in the in the House, is too MAGA for right. a House for to get um uh, every single Republican vote right. in the House. All right. Even the crazy Republicans, which is most of them, <laughs> are not so crazy. I mean, they, I mean, they still have some idea. Of, well, okay. Well, there, there are that we talked about this last time. The Republicans who are in seats, districts that Biden won. I forget how many there are. Eighteen, something like that. Eighteen. Yeah, and uh, so right there should be a check. You, you know what I mean? Like right. anybody in a district, a Republican in a district that Joe Biden won. Uh, should, if they're thinking about their political future, be advocating a bipartisan approach. Right. So you're not having a bipartisan approach when you launch an impeachment uh, investigation uh, when there's no evidence whatsoever to launch the investigation. You just right. have to admit that it's just a political ploy. Right. Uh, and uh, I don't see how you could. You're absolutely correct. So you're saying your opinion, those 18 Republicans will block Jordan from being the speaker. Yes hoping that they can save their jobs, which they will not save their jobs. They're all 
dead men and women walking. Why? So why don't they support Hakeem, Hakeem Jeffries, a moderate centrist from New York City, the Democrat, and end this all today? Because they're, they, those 18 Republicans are just, they can kiss their asses. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing they could do at this point. I mean, this is how bad the Republicans have been. Yeah, like they just they just can't. In fact, it was fluky to begin with. It was a, well, you've been highly critical of the New York Democrats Terrible. for blowing blowing the election uh, yeah. to begin with. They won't make that same mistake twice. I hope not. I mean, that was that Cuomo allegiance, uh, and uh, where Democrats were more at war with uh, the lefty wing of the Democratic Party. Right lost sight of this larger issue right uh, and while they had, uh, to this day they're still bitter at bernie from 2016 even though he campaigned openly and frequently for hillary clinton um all right well let's go back to akeem jeffries i okay i'm gonna tell you what i think i think he did a great job i think okay, that was yeah. like keeping the, that team together uh and 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 he had the advantage of having uh Nancy Pelosi as his, his 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 advisor yeah on this and she knows how to do it obviously yeah. and in fact to show you how petty house republicans are they've kicked her out of her office yeah she's got to move to a smaller office yeah. just because they did it cuz they can do it yeah well, at least they didn't invade her office, which is what they did on January 6th. So I guess the right. <laughs> they're more accommodating. Yeah, uh, right. The, 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 the vilification of Nancy Pelosi by MAGA uh, is sickening. Uh, Donald Trump added to it. He mocked her husband the other day. I don't know if you saw that speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and her husband, uh, who no, was attacked. That, that wasn't low class. That was no class. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, well, it's Donald Trump. Right. Uh, and uh, they despise uh, Nancy Pelosi for many reasons. That I think at top of the list is that she she was so good at what she did. They right. couldn't beat her. Right. And, uh, you know, it's one she of didn't bring She didn't bring anything to the floor. Till she knew she had to vote. She knew, yeah. came to the floor. She she had all her votes counted. And and, and you know it's funny because uh, I've I've been on microphones now Monroe for uh, six years, and as long as I've been on a microphone, uh, the lefties have been giving me grief for my respect for Nancy Pelosi. I'm standing by it. She's just a great tactician, right? And uh, I, I, she's to the right of me. I understand that, uh, but. I mean, in this current political environment, she's brilliant. And uh, and uh, Akeem Jeffries, I thought he played it really well. He had all the Democrats. Think about the, how diverse the Democratic Party is. Uh, you have centrists like Mike Quigley, and you have, uh, who's from Chicago, and then you have AOC. Right. Uh, and um, who is a lefty. Just... Uh, just think about that. And you have people to the right of uh, Quigley uh, as well. And they all voted as a unit. Not right. one of them voted for Kevin. That's that's tactical control, in my humble opinion. That's great. Well, I mean, and, 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 and as I said earlier, one of the tactics used was to show video in the caucus of uh, McCarthy blaming the Democrats. Yeah. 
for nearly shutting the, the, the government down. Yeah. And that was just an out-and-out out lie. I mean, there was no question about that. So when the vote went down, did you cheer? Were you cheering? You shaking your head in dismay? Uh, or, or, or being like the guest, the host on uh, MSNBC who go, this is a dark day for American democracy. <laughs> no, it was not in above. It was like, he had it coming from Chicago. <laughs> right? He had it coming. <laughs> I know you were laughing and singing and cheering. <laughs> oh God! By the way, I of course I missed MSNBC. Where were they doing their "This is a dark day for democracy" somber okay. voice? No, no in fact, they weren't even. They didn't even play the whole thing because oh, because Trump Trump got gagged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, right. so it was bigger news. So they said, uh, break, break they, they, they broke in in the middle of it with a breaking news thing. But they're talking about the, the judge uh, put, putting a, a gag on Trump. Well, all right. Uh, so let's talk about that. Uh, let me just, I'll take a quick peek to see if there's any breaking news we should know about. Uh, things happen so fast these days right uh and uh no it doesn't seem uh, other than scalise and jordan running for house speaker uh all right so we i talked at length yesterday i urge everybody to check it out if you haven't already with uh, ace attorney jim coog it broke down uh the fraud case against donald trump in new york city um, where he essentially had two sets of books that he was operating for his businesses. One set of books that he showed uh, to bankers who were lending him the money, which inflated the value of the property, and another set of books that he showed to the tax assessors, which deflated uh, the uh, the value of his property. Uh, he has no defense for this other than everybody does it, and they're picking on me. Uh, so... I mean, it's one of those things, Monroe, if, if you could have an honest discussion with a MAGA person, of course, they would admit he's a fraud and a cheat, but he's their fraud and cheat. Um, and in New York, yeah. before Trump ran for president, if you lived in New York, you knew that Trump was a clown. I mean, that was just that's why they didn't even take his candidacy seriously, yeah. because they knew what a horrible person he was on, on so many different ways. And their attitude, he could never be president. So they, they, I mean, they were more shocked than anybody when he. Well, asked, you uh, know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, uh, uh, respond to that one directly. I, when I think about the way Donald Trump was treated uh, in the media coming up into his announcing the presidency, you're right. Uh, there was a, a lot of uh, rolling of the eyes, but when right. the eyes were rolled, while. While they were being rolled, uh, all these powerful people in the media invited him on their shows. So he had a platform to build his name and his reputation, because, including well, right. because, David Letterman. Uh, yeah, right. But because they didn't take him seriously and he was good entertainment and they figured, OK, there's no way this clown is going to actually uh, be elected. But, yeah. they, but he, 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 he came on. This is what Chris Christie is doing now. The same thing. Chris Christie is all over the media, criticizing Trump. And, of course, the media loves that, although um, most of the, the media does not like Chris Christie. Right. Because they know what a fraud he is, too. Is Fox, does Fox allow Chris Christie on on a regular basis? On Fox, I don't know. 
Yeah, see, I mean, I, maybe. I, yeah. I, 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 I would think not, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, and, if they uh, invited him, he would go. I mean, because he, he's gone into MAGA situations and been booed. And, but he held his position that Trump had no business being president yeah. again. He, he rationalizes why he backed him until he stopped backing him. Yeah. And, nope. and yeah. that was because um, he hated Hillary. And so anybody, but he was doing anybody but Hillary at that time. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I think everybody uh, over uh, definitely underestimated Donald Trump. That is for certain. Uh, and, uh, and now, of course, he's this cult figure for two. And here we have our famous debate. I say 43% of the country. Monroe says 30%, whatever. Uh, no, no, I don't. No, no. I, I was talking about, yeah. Um, although he has got up to his ceiling has been 42%. Yeah, that's that's the cult. That's yeah. the cult. His ceiling has been that scary, Monroe. Even if it was thirty-five percent. It's pretty scary that thirty-five percent of America uh, pays allegiance to this man as though he were their god. Right. That's pretty frightening. Uh, and now that brings me to this. So the gag order uh, that the judge imposed on Trump uh, was uh, came after Trump uh, tweeted out, although it's not a tweet; it's on his his, his uh, social media outlet. Uh, it's a truth. Uh, that yeah, truth. And his 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 website is truth or something. I don't know. Naming the uh, the judge's uh, clerk, uh, putting her out there, right? Uh, and uh, the judge said you can't do that. A picture of her. Picture. That she was having an affair with Schumer. Yeah, Schumer's girlfriend. Yeah, right. Uh, and uh, so that just ignites MAGA and Fox, right. which are the same. Uh, so the judge has posed uh, this gag order and Trump. Trump has been doing this similar things in every single case right? throughout the country. That's what Trump does. That's what he does. Yeah. Uh, people are making threats, uh, physical threats, uh, live threats. Uh, we see it happening in Georgia. We see it happening in New York. We see it happening in Florida. Uh, and uh, what do you think Trump's going to pay attention to this judge's order? Yes. Why? Yes. Trump is a bully. And the judge just smacked the bully. If you know anything about bullies, they're only bullies until somebody says, no, no, no. Come on, let's get it on. <laughs> and the judge has said that he will not tolerate this. He, he, didn't, he didn't make it personal. He didn't say, if you say bad things about me, which Trump has done and probably will do again. But he says, if you say anything bad about any of my staff members, there will be payback. And uh, what what the judge will do first is uh, put sanctions on him uh, where it, it will cost him more money just off the bat. And if, if, if anything that Trump loves is his money. Mm. And also Trump's lawyers, I'm sure, or telling him, wait a minute, this is the man who's going to decide whether you have to pay a hundred million dollars in in, in 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 fines and fees and what have you, or two hundred and fifty, which is what the prosecutor is asking for, or three hundred and fifty. Yeah. So it's going to cost him, and uh, so. We'll see, but I think Trump's going to cool his jets 
Oh, he, he's not going to say anything about that judge's staff. He'll still be Trump, uh, except he's he uh, in a, in a couple of weeks or so, he's going to go before the uh, black woman judge in D.C. Mm-hmm. And she's going to jack him up. Uh, Jack Smith has asked that he be um, get, getting a gag order yeah. for poisoning the jury and, 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 and signaling to his crazy followers that it's okay to hurt or kill or whatever yeah. these people that are being so mean to him. <laughs> yeah, no, there's so many. And uh, we were talking about this yesterday when I was reading to you uh, a list of all the just violent uh, comments he's made, threats he's made, uh, unhinged policy statements, uh, like the latest one or a couple of days ago where he said uh, we should shoot shoplifters. Um which, of course, for old people like you and me, harkens back to Mayor Daly. Right. Uh, sh- shoot to kill, uh, what was it, arsonists. Right. And, and shoot to maim um, looters. Looters. Yeah. Uh, from and Trump uh, just says, shoot them all. Just kill shoot them all. Right. They're like, not, not voters. <laughs> you know, and I, I understand that shoplifting is a problem. I get that, ladies and gentlemen. I understand that. But wow, capital punishment and just like shoot them. Just, just think about all the people who've shoplifted in their life. If you're going to just take this to the right. extreme. I mean, I know a lot of people on that list who had been right. dead right now, you know. Right. It, 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 it almost would be as bad as shooting tigers. Yes. They deface, they, they deface a building, kill them. Kill them right now. Right. Um, Cost money to cover that stuff up. Yeah. So I, I, I'm like, this. he's taking this country. He's really testing this country right now, Monroe. He's making these statements and he's. Well, that's uh, because he's getting desperate. He, he really is desperate. He is scared to death. And the way he responds to when he's being challenged and when he's cornered and scared is to be more bully until somebody calls him out on it. And this is what the judge has done, and this is what he's going to get. Yunkin, is that the the black woman judge in D.C.? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm liking on the name, but yeah. It's an odd name, but anyway. She's she's gonna she's gonna smack him around. As the 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 problem with the, these these judges has been that because he's a political a presidential candidate, they don't want to curb his right to speak and to campaign. But at the same time, they can't have him poisoning the the jewelry pool or endangering people's lives so they're trying to walk this fine line and the way they're doing it is warning him and warning him but there is a good possibility that before it's over we're going to see trump in jail mm. uh tanya chutkin uh, that's yes, chutkin. federal judge chutkin. Yeah. uh it's funny i remember that name uh both tcs but tucker carlson eluded me for a while um and um 
yeah, I and still he would probably be the nominee. So this leads me to the question I haven't asked you in a while. Yes. Uh, Trump is um, has clearly lost his mind uh, and is getting wilder uh, with each uh, passing week. Right. I haven't asked you this question in a while. Uh, what What are the odds, in your humble opinion, that Chris Christie uh, will be the de- remember? I used to ask you this question every yeah. week. Because he's the only Republican candidate, uh, I think, yeah, on the debate stage last week, who's openly critical of Donald Trump. It's a staggering, right. uh, staggering display of this party's just cowardice at this moment. Uh, and uh, so if the Republican Party is going to uh, cut the cord with Donald Trump, this is the candidate to go with. So. Where does he stand uh, on on the, the Monroe-Anderson scale? Does he have any chance or does he have uh, absolutely no chance? Okay, well, I can tell you this for sure. He has no chance of being Trump's vice presidential. Zero. Okay, that's not the question to ask. But, right. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an example Uh uh, last, in fact, I got to tell you this. Uh, last night we did a first Tuesday show in Uptown. Great show. Thank you, Haymarket House. Uh, just so much fun. It was such a delightful conversation. Your old friend, Helen Schiller, was there, former older woman, uh, the hey. 46th Ward. Uh, she was. Um, she came and listened to the conversation because uh, Angela Clay, who is now the 46th Ward older woman, is herself in many ways uh, a disciple of Helen Schiller. So Helen was there to support Angela and also promote her book and pe- and sell her copies of her book, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, and Angela Clay is a really uh, a very charming uh, woman and uh, a great older person as far as I could tell. I have high hopes for her. Uh, but she was very disarmingly f- funny when she said that she has mastered the art of not directly answering a question. She actually stated that. She did it with a smile. It was very charming. People laughed because you have to do that right. to survive in politics. Uh, and you don't want to lie. You know what right. I'm saying? You don't want to. They will like, take your truth and beat you to death. Yes. Yes. So you just kind of learn to avoid the question. Uh, and, um, and so she was just delightful as she explained that. And then, so I turned to her and, uh, I asked her point blank, if you were a Congress person, uh, in, uh, yesterday, would you have voted to oust McCarthy? And she just, she go, well, Ben, I'm going to show you, uh, the art of not answering a question. And then she didn't answer the question, which was brilliant. Uh, Monroe just did that, ladies and gentlemen, back there. <laughs> okay, but I, I will. Asked- I will answer the question too, but I, 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 I got to keep my chops sharp on this, so I just want to um, practice a little bit. Okay, all right. I think Christie, if I had to put a percentage, I'd put him at 60% chance of being a game. Whoa, 60? 60. Damn. For real? Yes, because... He is beating that drum, and he's out there. I mean, the way Trump, you got to, again, again, you got to remember, the way Trump, who was not taken seriously, became the candidate is because he got all the media exposure while all the other candidates are were trying to be um, 
know, dodged the media because yeah. they, they didn't want to be at risk of saying this, the wrong thing and having that used against them where yeah. Trump was there and he was Trump. Uh, Chris Christie is doing that now. Mm. And so when Trump starts to decline, and it will happen, because um, last time I checked, 91 counts, four indictments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and once, um, no, no one has really, except for Christie, shot at him. He, he's taking no fire from yeah. any other Republican. When it starts getting to primary time, Chris, Christie, who has already been shooting at him, will have political ads, um, and, and then the Lincoln Project will be running ads against Trump. And Trump, Trump and Trump still have trials going on. And um, Chris Christie will suddenly sound like, and you know, like Chris Christie's whole position is, I was a governor in a blue state, so I'm yeah. <laughs> a Democrat. Yeah. And so he will be making that point. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, so he, I think he has a good chance. Okay. I like that. I'd like that. You know what? I, I give you credit for uh, answering the question, number one, sticking with your point of view, which uh, I find mild, in some weird way encouraging. Uh, and uh, oh, no, I don't want a president Christie. <laughs> I mean, Christie, oh. it, first of all, is a Republican. No questions about that. Uh, but he is a bully, also. Yeah. He's, not, he's not a Trump level bully, yes. but it, you know, he, I mean, he he was a bully when he was governor. He was a uh, he he's been a bully. He is a bully. Yeah. I mean, this no. is how why he knows how to go after Trump. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, well stated. And uh, listen, I'm. I, I when I, I say this all the time, I look at the Republican Party, and I can't see anyone in the Republican Party uh, who is addressing any of the issues that we're facing today. Uh, they're just politicizing them, uh, distorting them, ignoring them. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Monroe, but the Nobel Prize in Science yesterday uh, went out to, to two scientists who had a hand uh, in uh, figuring out how to make a vaccine to uh, put COVID at bay. Yeah. And uh, uh, in the article, they talked about how, like, whatever percent it is in this country uh, does not believe in the vaccine. So here the the scientists who had the breakthrough that led to the vaccine that are there. Uh, they're they're being, millions of lives. Yeah, they say right, exact millions and millions of lives. Uh, they're being acknowledged by the scientific community. Okay, yeah. and uh, and it's just like they point out. Well, you know, you realize in this country, uh, and I was thinking about this. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Uh, is God don't uh, like ugly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he's sitting out. His, his <laughs> yeah, he's sitting out now. He uh, ripped his Achilles heel uh, right, the first game of the year. Right. Uh, I, I, it's interesting. He's following every science scientific recommendation on how to fix an Achilles. You know, he's not. I don't trust them. I'm just right. going to eat these vitamins. Right. You're insane, MAGA. <laughs> you too, Aaron Rodgers. 
Uh, all right, Monroe, we yes, run out I'm, of time. I'm, 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 once again, I'm an MSNBC or with Rogers. It's, it's not like, oh dear, it's too bad. Yeah, I know it is. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm a little more sympathetic as a human being, but uh, that's because I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Oh, a he didn't die. He just. No, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, he's just out for the year. You're right. Right. Exactly. He just lost a year, and he's uh, and each year is dear to him because he's old. <laughs> Ooh, dang, that's cold. Yeah, he's the old. I think he's the oldest man in the NFL. Thirty-nine years old, about. Yeah, because yes, yeah, since Bradley's gone. Uh, so uh, Brady. Uh, so um, uh, we're out of time, but man, I, I urge you and everybody else to read the article in the New York Times about Rudy Giuliani and drinking. Uh, and they finally are addressing an issue that uh, people have been kind of whispering about uh, for a long time. That Rudy Giuliani has, has put it mildly a drinking problem. And they drag out, drag out in the in the middle of the article one of his friends, his cronies, who says the whole thing is a lie. They're making it up, and I'm like, "You're not helping your friend right now." Okay, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? If yeah, you're his he's friend, drunk, he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't blame the booze. Right, exactly right. Uh, fascinating article. I urge uh, everyone to read it. Uh, like this is the sort of like. What everybody in New York knew, you know what I'm saying, Monroe, but right. wouldn't say. Uh, we have many things like that here in Chicago. Everybody knows about it, who's in the know. They talk about it among themselves, but it never goes public, and we'll just leave uh, it. You know, except your, your, your buddy Richie is now out of favor with Chicago as a general because of the parking meter. Nobody is talking about what a great mayor he was. My buddy Richie. You, <laughs> uh, you just don't hear it. You know, it, you're absolutely correct, and I, I don't really get a lot of satisfaction. I would, I mean, I just make fun of myself more than anything. I don't get a lot of satisfaction out of that. The fact that uh, everybody in Chicago was like, "Oh, Ben, you were right." You know, I mean, like, where were you? You, you knew what it was at the time. You saw it. You, right. you know what I'm saying? You, you all saw what was going on in Chicago. You saw the corruption in Chicago. You looked the other way, and uh, so I, you know what, Monroe? I just. It's funny that you should mention. I was thinking about that the other day. I was talking to Mick Dumkey. I kind of miss Daly a little bit. Um, and Mick was making fun of me. Um, but I, I just don't get a lot of satisfaction out of people say, "Oh, Ben, you were right about Daly." Like, I know I was right. Okay. You know, why were you? I I get that satisfaction. Okay. And I've been saying literally for twenty years or more that Daly was selling off. The geese that load, laid the golden eggs. And this is why Mayor Johnson has so many challenges now because he has no revenue stream. And it's because of daily. Yeah. And I said that the other day. I was talking to somebody who was a past daily supporter. And oh. they didn't even argue with me. Wow, that's you know, they just said, you know, well, they sort but they of, would argue with yeah. you 20 years ago because they were all sucking up the daily. Of course. Of you course. know. Uh, and then they sucked up to Rom, who kept it going. So, right. uh, and let's, you know, Lori Lightfoot had to deal with it too. So not right. just Brandon Johnson, Lori Lightfoot. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, that's a whole other story. And, and, uh, and you know, and, and Rob's Rom's solution to it was, why don't we close fifty-one schools? <laughs> That'll take care of it. And 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 what? And this is oh my god! Now you get me fired up. I, I like Angela Clay was pointing this out. Uh, she was resisted as a 
a private citizen, an activist. When Rom closed the schools, she was on the front lines against that. And then we left them vacant, Monroe, like yeah. just to, to fall apart. And now suddenly there's a dire need for buildings to house the busloads of people. Right, and exactly. these schools aren't available because we left, we just boarded them up and they've fallen apart. And we seem clueless and incapable of coming up with a, a redevelopment scheme uh, to fix them. I'm like, this city, it like, it's kind of its own worst enemy, Monroe, because like you just pointed out, nobody will defend Daly now that 20 years later, we're paying the consequences for it. But at the time, they're all part of the Daily Army, bowing down to him every bit as much as MAGA bows down to Trump. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And I know yeah. you were on my side. I know. We talked all the, You were yeah. like one of the few. I yeah, get it. Well, except Daly couldn't have shot somebody on State Street and gotten away with it. Uh let me think about that. Uh, I want to think about that uh, before I sign on to that. You know, his his nephew got away with murder for a long time before they, Carol Marine and Timmy Novak of the Sun Times finally forcing that issue forced uh, the the state's attorney to reconsider. And um, you know, wait before I'm not ready to agree with you. You got to give me time to think about could. Daily have shot a man on State Street and got away with like, and he's of course alluding to Donald Trump bragging that that's what he could do, uh, in with Fifth Avenue in New York, which MAGA has said yes, yeah, right. You could do Except anything. New Yorkers would have put his ass in, in the electric chair, <laughs> so he'd have to get a change of venue to Alabama, Mississippi, or something, <laughs> and then he could get away with it. That's true. Valid point. <laughs> he, the first thing he would do, let have this case tried in Alabama. <laughs> I want that good old Alabama justice. Right. You know, that did uh, the right. Mississippi justice that did so well for Emmett Till. Right. I think it'll right. work in my favor. Right, exactly. I, I, want, I want one of those whites only jury. Yeah, one of those, that's what he's looking for. And I have a whites only jury. That's pretty much what he's saying, Monroe, right? Yeah, of course. You, you of know, course. right. One of those whites only juries, like uh, the the people who killed uh, Emmett Till. All right, Monroe, we've run out of time. It's a blast talking to you as always. I always make uh, that's for six years. Monroe has been coming on the mic and saying the truth about Donald Trump and the MAGA movement, and it just irritates the hell out of MAGA people and fortifies me. So God bless yeah, you, Monroe. It's a battle we know they don't listen. Yeah, that's true. There's a few out there. Oh, I <laughs> trust me. There are a few out there. I get their uh, emails or their texts or whatever. Uh, uh, but okay. just a few. Uh, uh, all right. I love them too. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that's Monroe Anderson, uh, the pride and joy of Gary, Indiana, though he has lived in Chicago for over 50 years, but he'll always be a Gary man. So thank you very much. And I also want to thank producer Chris doing an outstanding job. I think Monroe will agree with you when I say, hey, producer Chris, give us a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can always catch previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, and even more content all for free at chicagoreader.com. Follow Ben Jarofsky on Instagram at Benny J Show and like and subscribe to the Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. 